This episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast is brought to you by Cedic Run. We did a totally different episode this time. Cam and I were together in Grand Forks, so we recorded live, and where else to do it but Cedic Run. And every time I go in there, I'm so blown away by just how awesome the store looks and the amount of merchandise they have. Richard has done a phenomenal job just getting all the inventory that you could ever need or want. The shoe wall still looks glorious. He's got so many other awesome Cedic Run merch items that you can buy. And uh, we were talking about the Coros Global watches. I mean, he's got it all. So if you need anything for your summer running, be sure to head down to SDR. Or you can be like us and just when you're around, stop in, say hi, chat for a little bit. If you're a running nerd, running geek, you're just really into the the whole running scene, there's no better place to be than chatting with Adam and Richard at the shop. So thank you so much to Cedic Run for opening things up. We didn't even ask if we could do this. We just showed up uh, and they rolled with it. So we really appreciate it. So be sure to head down to SDR, downtown Grand Forks. This episode was also really special because we got to record it with Quinn Rail. Cam has wanted Quinn on the podcast for a while, but felt like he would be biased. But ever since Quinn won a state title in the two mile, uh, we felt that it was very appropriate uh, and very deserving to have him on. We talk not just the state meet, but we talk about the viral photo that we had of Quinn where he crosses the finish line with his shaved head to show solidarity with Cam. Uh, Cam will give you an update on how he just finished his cancer treatments. We're beyond excited for him and continue to pray that he'll have great outcomes and tests in the coming weeks. And honestly, we just talk track. Like if you are a track fan, you're going to love it. We've got uh, Richard Dafo, owner of Cedic Run, who makes a guest appearance on the pod, uh, and so much more. So, as always, thank you so much for listening. We have so much fun doing this, and I think this episode really kind of puts all of that into perspective of the reason why we do it and the love that we have for the sport. And we hope that as we go on this journey, that you guys follow along and enjoy it just as much as we do. So, as always, thank you for your support and everything that you do. But in the meantime, let's dive into the latest episode of the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today, first of all, we're doing something fun. We're live right now from Cedic yep. Run. So, greatest running store in Grand Forks and at least the eastern side of North Dakota, if not the whole state. Yeah, yeah. Kind of kind of cool to be recording together, Ryan. You know, someplace different, a place that obviously means a lot to the podcast. Uh, Cedic Run, been with us since uh, day one. So, I don't know, kind of cool. Uh yeah, it's different. For sure. And I'll just plug a little bit. I'm looking around and there's a lot of sweet merch on the tables. The chicken leg shorts is the biggest variety of chicken leg shorts I've ever seen in any running store before. Uh, and the shoe wall is just like gleaning like over there. So things are looking really nice. So make sure you, you stop on in to see the Grand and we want to thank them for letting us uh, just drop in without any sort of notification yeah. that we're going to record a live podcast here. But let's also turn to our very special guest today. Uh, very, very special. Cam, you better do the introductions here. Yeah, yeah. So today on the pod, we got my brother, uh, your Class A two-mile state champ, Quinn Rail. So uh, been wanting to have a reason to have Quinn on the podcast for a while. I've kind of uh, held back in any sort of like commentary that I've thrown your way because I know there, there's obviously like the family connection there, so I don't... The one that people saying like, oh, you're only talking about Quinn because, you know, he's your brother or whatever. But, uh, uh, I mean, a couple reasons. I mean, obviously, one state championship in the two-mile, mm-hmm. uh, ran the third fastest. Well, I'm pretty sure is what was third fastest 800 in state meet history. Uh, second in the, in the mile, 414. So, obviously, a very good senior year. Um, but the other reason, you know, you you – shaved your head for the state meet kind of in honor of my like cancer you know journey that i've been going on uh which meant meant a lot to me we'll we'll talk about that in a little bit but it really kind of resonated with uh with everybody you know uh 
we posted about it and it got something like 1500 likes on our on our instagram which is you know insane number yeah we, we never see anything like that so we want to hear from you on kind of the, the story of that and i think the the listeners do as well and obviously we want to when get the play-by-play of of the of the 800 and of the two mile ryan hasn't seen any of the state races yet but we got we got him up on video here so we're gonna at some point i don't know when we'll put it in but we're gonna watch the 800, and you're gonna kind of give us kind of your thoughts, you know, step by step. And Ryan's gonna get a chance to see how how that historic race folded out, uh, you know, for the first time here. So you've you've obviously all I've seen is you've seen I the saw result, it, and I saw like a clip of you two going to the line and falling. Yeah. But I mean, that was five seconds of a you know minute and fifty second race. So there's yeah. a lot I haven't seen. <laughs> yeah. But Quinn, welcome welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's a uh, dream come true (laughs) (laughs) what what's yeah what's a bigger dream come true winning a state championship or being on the podcast well i feel like they're kind of intertwined because i I, (laughs) being a state champ has always been uh one of my end goals you know ever since i started running that was that was one of the goals in my head i was like you know someday i don't i don't really care what it's in but i want to be a state champion uh but then also prairie track and field podcast starts immediate fan number one fan <laughs> right from day one um you didn't have a choice <laughs> well yeah it, honestly that might not be true i i have to be honest i i have not listened to every single episode so i'm i need to i have some catching up i need to do but yeah, medium fan yeah yeah <laughs> lukewarm i guess <laughs> but i knew if i wanted a chance to be on the famed number one track and field podcast in north dakota i would have to be a state champion so it was really it was all just part of the journey the, the road to get here <laughs> well okay and speaking of roads to get here we're literally just down the street from grand fork central you yeah. know uh-huh. grand fork central i feel like is having almost a little bit of a resurgence in track like over the years like the girls side has had really strong programs and we saw carter ld win a few state titles jack Erlocker, you know has won mm-hmm. a state title now in the vault and you are another one adding to that list in a really short amount of time just tell us a little bit about maybe, you know, we'll get to what it meant for the family, but what has it meant for the school? And, like, have you – we always love to ask, like, what's happened since you won a state title? Has yeah. anything changed, or is it literally, like, just another day in the hallways at Central? Uh, no, it, it, there's definitely been a change. Uh, but first I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, well, I talked to Coach and to Carter about this, is that – uh, we have some really great athletes come through Grand Fork Central in, in the last uh, couple years, and it's just we sometimes like to to think about. It's like, man, we had uh, you could argue three, maybe four, of some of the best high school athletes that Grand Fork Central has seen, all at Central within a, a three-year span, three four-year span. So it's like, what could we have accomplished if we all just hit our peak in the same year? And so. Because, uh, you know, Jack, obviously he scored big points. Carter scored big points. So sometimes it's just kind of fun to think about, man, what what, what could have been accomplished had had we all uh, If there know, had been like one, the same one time. year yeah. difference, you're saying. Because, yeah, yeah it, was, it was just kind of like, you know, Jack, he obviously did amazing things his senior year. And then the next year, you know, Carter kind of filled those shoes. And then the, the year after that, I, I guess I kind of took on that role. So... Um, yeah, mad respect to all those athletes. Just kind of fun to think about, you know, what could have been. But mm-hmm. enough of that, I guess. <laughs> I mean, it, the truth is, is that it didn't. But I still got to compete with those guys, and that that's a big honor in and of itself. Yeah. Um, as far as have things changed, uh, turns out uh, if you win a win a state title, uh, people notice and they. Uh, I got, got a lot of congratulations in the hallway, you know, uh, track and field isn't necessarily the most uh, popular sport, mm-hmm. unfortunately it doesn't probably get the most uh, credit, um, but I guess that's what the podcast is for, right, trying to get track and field and runners the, well, and athletes, track athletes mm-hmm. in general, the credit they deserve, so. Yeah, I actually, kind of going on that, are you familiar with like Charlie and Ken Veen, you guys know those names? From Grand Fork Central history, from Grand Fork oh. Central lore. Oh man, teach us. They, well, they ran at Central. Um, Ken has been on City Council, I believe, City Commission last however many years. That's the only reason I knew him. But I ran into him this weekend. They're twin <laughs> brothers. 
and they ran at Central and like went on to compete at UND and they competed in the year that they switched from yards to metric. Oh, so they no have way. all these retired yard records. Yeah. Uh, but they were just saying the same thing how they wish there was more about track. Um, and so uh, when I was telling him like, hey, you know that there there is this podcast, yeah. believe it or not, yeah. and, and so yeah, to your point, like it is cool when track gets that recognition, and mm-hmm. you know Grand Pork Central Hockey, you've probably been congratulating those guys for over the last few years on their yeah. accomplishments, but it's cool when you get a sport that maybe doesn't get the recognition it always gets. Yeah, I think yeah, and even though track isn't like super popular, winning is popular, and so <laughs> That's true. you know I if, if you're winning, you know it it becomes popular and I've you know no disrespect to like the NDSU football team like great obviously great great athletes we got a lot Ryan and I both have a lot of friends who were on the team and stuff but sometimes I wonder if the 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 craziness you know the crazy fandom over NDSU football isn't because people like football it's because they like they like winners you know they like they like to watch and follow something that something that wins so that's fair that's fair it's it's definitely interesting because, like, I would I would say just my, my senior year in general has been pretty successful. I wouldn't call it a, a failure by any means, but it's there's definitely that threshold. There's a difference between, you know, being being a, a state champ or then coming in, or coming in second. There's a, you know, and and some people will still recognize you know your your hard work for what it is, and and that's really good to hear. But there's um, it, it's it's good to feel my hard work pay off and to to see those like goals like finally be accomplished and uh, for sure yeah. yeah yeah let's let's go so you said that all the way back when you started running you it was your goal to be a state champ when I when I remember about myself when I started running is I didn't even know that like a state championship was like a thing I had like no I had no idea so is that like you do you actually remember like when you first started just talk about like first starting running what's kind of your earliest memory and we don't have to spend a ton of time but you know it's obviously your fifth your your five fifth in the birth order there's oh, yep. you know four other siblings that ran before you so what was it like for you starting running or what was like the first memory um i guess well the first memory of probably actually starting would probably go back to like sixth grade I mean I, I was really fortunate because like you said I was I was the fifth of four well the the fifth of five at the time right but I, I had four uh, great athletes and great siblings before me so I'd become really accustomed uh, to kind of like the uh, the track and cross country like um, mentality and mm-hmm. And just being exposed to like a bunch of competitions and a bunch of races. Um, so when in sixth grade, you know, Coach Allen, we have a summer running program, and he lets uh, sixth graders run like every other day. Uh, so that was that was really exciting. I was really pumped uh, to finally get to take part in something that I had seen my siblings do for such a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, in seventh grade, it was. I I finally got to compete, and uh, even at w- Hillsboro uh, used to be the very first cross country meet uh, that Central did for a really long time, and they had like an elementary school kids race, yeah. right? So I remember doing that uh, every year, and and that was that was really fun because I just got a little taste of of what it was like, and obviously the Central team was very supportive, and yeah. they all yeah. they knew me well and would cheer me on, so um, and. You know, it also helps when, you know, you do something, you enjoy it, but then you also found out, it's like, oh, hey, I'm, I'm not too bad at this, yeah. you know, that's, yeah. that's definitely um, helps in the, in the journey, I guess. Was it always something that you enjoyed? Did you always enjoy running? Because I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but like, kind of a similar story. I started with, you know, the summer running program with Coach Allen had some success as like a seventh grader in cross country and in track. Uh, but then my eighth grade and then eighth grade was successful in cross country again. So like I was, I was a lot of times success is what keeps people in like track and field mm-hmm. or in cross country. Cause it is such like a difficult sport. But then I, I didn't, I didn't do track my eighth grade year. Cause I, I just like wasn't, it was like too stressful for me. It was like, like I didn't enjoy it, you know? 
Um, and then came back around, you know, freshman year and cross and track again. But was it always, was there ever a moment where you're just like, I just don't know if I want to keep doing this? Yeah, well, that's actually really interesting because uh, now that you mentioned that, it's just I'm starting to remember kind of going through that that phase. I, I think about ninth or tenth grade year is when I really started to enjoy running, like despite how the outcome was, right? Or despite right. what the outcome was, yeah. Because uh, yeah, I definitely think. Um, well, obviously, my family was a big influence, and so then I did it because you know my four siblings before me had done it. Um, and, and having success and, and winning, all that stuff helps. But I also remember it being kind of like a lot of work. Just, uh, I remember yeah. speed workouts. I just kind of, well, and even now, sometimes you still dread speed workouts. Yeah. But it just felt, it felt like I was working really hard all the time. And part of that too is, you know, you're young, you don't have the, quite the strength. Uh, but the biggest shift, I think, in my mentality came. Uh, around ninth or tenth, or I, I would say I think ninth grade year, because uh, that's like kind of when COVID happened. Because um, I had grown up watching all my siblings run, and all, all of you guys were so good at staying consistent. And even when we were on vacation, or uh, if you had a day off or something, you would still make sure to get your runs in. And for a long time, seventh and eighth grade year, I really struggled to. To just go and run, even unless, like, coach was, like, telling me to go run. Right, right. Right, unless I had, like, practice and people to run with. And so I just kind of, a difficulty of, like, finding that motivation, you know, that uh, that drive and desire to actually do it. Right. Um, But then around, I I think it was around ninth grade year, uh, because I remember COVID happened, and that's when we had to... Uh, this was around the time where coach was still telling us he still thought we would have a state meet you know things just start, got canceled but he told yeah. us he was like well i i at least think at, at minimum i think we'll have a state meet so because everything started getting shut down around like march like the end of march or early yeah. april and actually we were just about to have our first indoor meet right and right. it got canceled like yeah. that day so um yeah that sounds about right um but i i just remember uh, my motivation and my uh, having my sights set on what I wanted to accomplish and my goals kind of really uh, motivated me to keep training throughout that time. And, you know, there's obviously the, the idea of, you know, we still thought we would get to come back for, for a season. And that didn't end up happening. But, but I was still... Uh, I, I finally had like a switch in mentality where it wasn't so hard to go on runs on my own anymore. And then, uh, and actually, I think this is something that can be applied to a lot of things. Uh, just building up a habit. You know, at first it might be hard to um, have consistency, mm-hmm. but then after a while, after doing it day after day, you know, you start developing that habit and then it's not so hard anymore. And then, for me, then it actually became something that I looked forward to and enjoyed. And so that's been uh, really neat. Yeah, running running's weird because <clears throat> it almost takes, like, you have to get to, like, a certain fitness or a certain, like, strength before it gets fun. But the only way you get that is just, like, doing it every day kind of, like, miserably for, you know, people ask me have asked me like did you always like running and I was like no it took me like five years to Mm -hmm. like really really like running you know so like seventh grade eighth grade ninth grade tenth grade yeah probably like my sophomore or like junior year of high school is when it like really started to get fun yeah so it's just like yeah like you were saying in in life or in running you know like sticking with something for a long time the the payoff is you know it's there somewhere like yeah. eventually you'll get to get to the point so there was even like a really good video of craig engels a couple months back and it said like oh people ask like you must really love running if you're a professional it's like no i like dislike it as much as you do you know mm-hmm. it's just one of those things i went on i'm not fit right now i'm trying to get myself back into shape and it sucks right now like it's mm-hmm. not fun yeah so i was at cushman this morning ripping and like this is not a good time <laughs> you know it's a beautiful morning but there was no part of me that was like oh my gosh, I am just so in love with this. It's like, yeah. oh, this kind of sucks right now. Yeah, but yeah. You just roll with the punches. Yeah. Dude, so 
I remember we went on a run during COVID. Do you guys remember this? It was one run. It was U3, uh, or U2, then Francis Landman was there. And I think I remember I, this. I, yeah. I feel like there was someone else there, too, that was just like a... Just like from from my parents' house. Yeah, from your parents' house. Dude, I remember like Quinn. It was like during lockdown, obviously, and it was like, man, like, will we get an extra year of eligibility? I remember you asked <laughs> yeah. that question. Yeah. And it was like it's never been a question to me, like how much you love the sport. Like, you know, maybe yeah, it's like uh, there's sometimes when you don't like running, but just the way that I've seen you grow up, like being in Cameron's like foot shadows and uh-huh. being you know in his footsteps, like it's very evident that it's something that like maybe hasn't been fun the entire time but something you've always had passion for yeah and and it's become fun over time too. yeah right and especially like uh kind of like cameron said it like the payoff i think it's at least in my opinion it's very difficult to find a sport as rewarding as as running mm-hmm. uh as far as uh you know like payoff comes you know because it does take a lot of time and a lot of work, but then when it comes down to it and you're on the track, I nothing feels better than just knowing that you're fit and that your legs are, are moving quick and you can feel like the the wind. And it's just, uh, and I love competition too, just you know the last couple laps of a race or the last stretch when you're really just digging deep and it, it hurts a lot, but somehow you find that that next level like that next gear yeah and it's just yeah it sucks but but it's also amazing at the same time man. right it's so yeah because like in team sports you know basketball or soccer or whatever you know you kind of only get that <clears throat> feeling of accomplishment if you score a goal or a touchdown yeah. or if your team wins but if you if you don't do any of those things and you lose it's just like there's almost like nothing it's really hard for me it was really hard to take anything positive from it mm-hmm. but in running you know you you know exactly the work that you're doing and you know exactly how it's like benefiting you and in the race even if you lose even if you don't like PR there's like something there's almost always something like positive that you can take or something that you like know exactly you know, what you like learned from it I don't know and I yeah. wish I wish more people people who haven't ran or thrown or jumped could could like experience that and uh, yeah it, it it's helped me be like a fan of the sport too because I know when I'm watching I know that that's what the athletes are like going through so well I, I think too it um it takes away like a lot of variables like in a team sport you know it, there's a bunch of factors you know you have to trust your teammates you have to rely on your teammates you know some in some sports you know uh, nature might play a factor or like conditions and stuff like that but i think the cool thing about running is that you're like you're 100 percent responsible for like your destiny and for like how you yeah. do right so any any success that you have you can say yeah i worked for every single millisecond yeah. for that yeah. time yeah you know and it's uh, and obviously like support from friends and family that that helps too but mm-hmm. it's very much like a, a self-improvement uh, kind of mentality. Yeah. yeah. I remember like doing workouts all the time and it was like, yeah, you know that there's not anyone else that can like run your race but you and you'd, I'd be doing a workout and I'd be like, every rep I'm doing is shaving off maybe like a thousandth of like a second but it's just like the steps over time like one step after another and one run after another, one season after another, it's just like, yeah, you've got a lot of like miles on those legs and, yeah. and but obviously it's paid off so speaking of payoff let's i want to pull up one of these races yeah for sure. so i think th- i think we should we- so we have we have the 800 pulled up right now so put that bad boy on full screen you want me to mute it or do you like um, the, the commentary no we want we want it we want your commentary all right all right so so it's yeah turn it this way a little bit for it's, for it's a classic 800 end of the meet there's like way too many people than there are lanes <laughs> <laughs> this is one thing i just never understood like you know cut out is there something else we can cut out so everybody could have their own lane instead of having to go two or three deep and lanes yeah. eight and nine but i think this year wasn't as bad as last year last yeah. year we had yeah. three right, heats pause it real quick pause it real quick did you okay, okay so before 
Yeah, go ahead, Ryan. I was just going to say, as you guys are getting in the blocks there, um, we've seen a lot of, okay, around the country of just dumb false starts. Like D3 uh, record holder, Ethan Gregg. Yeah. He got, like, false started in the 5K, and they threw him out. Yeah. This was a pretty quick start, but uh, coming up to the line, just thoughts going through your head. It's the last one of the weekend. What are you thinking? Oh, you ran a 4x4, too. Your last individual race of the weekend. What's going through your mind? Uh, really, it's just, you know, trying to calm the nerves. Uh, but, yeah, you also kind of need some of those nerves. But I think I was just thinking before the race, uh, stay relaxed and just get after it. You know, uh, yeah, I kind of, in the mile, I kind of let Ethan kind of control the race. And I knew that if I had any chance of, um, you know, really uh, competing and putting up a fight, that I, I needed to run my own race. And I just couldn't let him, you know, dictate what, what happens in the race. So a first hundred, just trying to get out hard, I guess. Um, don't settle in. Uh, interestingly, uh, I only found out this year that I had been starting incorrectly. Like You've been my, doing the my same arms arm, and my legs. Leg? I, I had oh, been doing same no. arm, same leg. And oh. I, didn't, I didn't know this until, like, Coach Allen had pointed it out to failed. me. failed. Uh, we wow. were doing this some like preseason like practicing, and and he was like, "What? Why are you? You got to switch your your arms." And it's just like something that I hadn't noticed before. I I think what could have caused the problem is uh, for distance runners going to start your watch. Uh, you know, so I have my my left foot forward, and when you go to start your watch, your left hand is slightly forward too, and so then you just take away and starting the watch and all of a sudden you've got left left <laughs> forward and right right backwards tragic so i you can probably see it um actually i won't try and go back because yeah. i'll probably miss her place but you can see for a split second i go to the line and then i really think okay this hand forward <laughs> yeah. and then and then the gun goes off and <laughs> oh all right no comment <laughs> hit play hold on wait wait did you know so funny you mentioned the false start there was a guy in the previous heat that false started and really? got through yeah oh, yep. I, did, I didn't know that yeah yeah so did you know that that had happened yeah it well i mean we're the the second heat is waiting down by the the tent uh, but obviously you hear the two gunshots go yeah. off and then it's just kind of like oh you know who was it who was it and you know it, you, you hate to see it yeah. and especially in the 800 like that's did that, that happen our senior year? That too? happened my senior year too. Yeah. I was, I think I was, uh, I can't remember if it was in like the previous heat or if it was in my heat, but I think it was the guy in the next lane. It was, a, it was like a freshman from Fargo South who had like it was like was it Moonier? Uh, no, it wasn't Moonier. It was uh, it was Muhe. Uh, Muhe. Yeah, I think okay. so. Yeah, but uh, yeah, false started. You know, the lane next to me, and I was like, man. But funny, do you remember like it would have been Langang senior year? He false started the 800. And they kept him in the race. But they kept him in the race. We were so. talking about, uh, apparently, I don't quite remember this, but apparently the same thing happened to Sean Korsmo. Because uh, Jonah kept talking about that. How, yeah. uh, um, so Jure uh, was the one who false started in the first heat. And so then Jonah was saying, it was like, ah, oh, he didn't get the Korsmo treatment. Because apparently, <laughs> Korsmo senior year too, he, he like stuttered or something like that. And then they shot the gun twice restarted it but they let him stay yeah. in the race and then he ended up winning it's like in the, crowd noise like, man. like in the nba when they get and they don't give calls to like you know Are, to lebron james they're like whatever. you gotta earn it yeah it's have like, you seen the clip of uh michael jordan he like literally talks to the ref and he's like no there was contact on the end of the ref is like are you sure? Like, you sure, Jordan? And then he's like, okay, Jordan says, and then he calls the foul. Oh <laughs> my goodness. And so yeah, yeah. I don't know. All right. All right. Let's let's yeah, hit play yeah. here. Let's get into it. So you just you just come off the line. Yep. Oh, there we go. And you get rolling. So it looks like you know Roll. Ethan's on your inside. Is that Drew Remfer on your outside? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, right uh, off the bat, Ethan just has he has wheels. I unbelievable start for right from the get go. Okay. So let's pot. Sorry, we'll just take it hundred by hundred. Oops. So, how do you? I mean, you, you didn't get a chance to race Ethan Moe at all during the regular season. Correct. You raced him in the mile. Yep. You're racing him in the 800. This is the second time you see him. What do you, how do you, like his start is just so crazy. He's like so far ahead of everybody just in the first hundred. Mm-hmm. What, how do you, how do you handle that? Well, uh, I'm not so much worried about this start. 
uh, like speed wise. I'm not thinking, oh, I got to get out really, really fast. I'm just trying to think about, okay, the start, just the most important part at the beginning of the race is just positioning, you know, just run fast enough so that you don't get boxed in. I wasn't really too worried about sprinting the first hundred to, to be with him right away. Right. Because you know, you know he's going to be, he's not going to affect the position of, of you or anybody else because he's going he's gonna to get to the front, yeah. basically. So you're just kind of measuring yourself against everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and so then basically once you got it to the 100 meters in and I kind of see like the position of everyone else. Um, and so then as we're starting to cut in, then I'm just trying to don't get boxed in, get in good positioning and just, you know, kind of float, keep those, those legs moving. Okay. Sure. All yeah. right. Let's let's try and watch the rest of the race without stopping it. Quinn, we'll just kind of let you take over and just just talk us through everything that's like going on as it kind of comes back into your memory. Yeah. I'll right. I'll, I'll do my best. It's it's kind of tough with such a fast paced race. Yeah. You know? We can we can yeah. always go back. But hit, hit play. We're 150 meters in. I'll do my best. Yeah. So then at, at this point, then I'm just Ethan. He likes to get out hard, and then he kind of lets up on the pace. But I knew that. You know, if I wanted to have any shot at this, I, you know, couldn't play his games and I just had to get after it right off the bat. So you can see me, you know, kind of take the lead with yeah, after so, 150. So Mo has a fast, fast first 150. You have a steady first 150 and you just kind of keep the ball rolling into 200. Yep. So the both of you have separated yourself. You got Elijah, Defoe, uh, Jonah. Jonah, Defoe there in third. You come through 400, in you're about in about 55, which is... Now, have you ever gone through in 55 before? Uh, I think at Howard Wood, we went through in 54. So here, you're coming up, you've got 300 meters to go, and Ethan makes a move on the shoulder and takes the lead. What's going through your head now? Now it's just, you know, this is pretty much exactly what I expected. Just keep moving. I don't know, I'm just trying to close hard. Normally around 200 meters, my legs start to, to lock up with lactic acid, but at this point... I'm actually feeling pretty good. So I'm just trying to keep the, the, the legs moving, you know, keep my form, just focus on quick feet. So it's about a 10-meter gap still. 110 meters to go. Did you, around. did you think that you had a chance to catch him? Uh, I thought, you know, I thought it was possible. But I think in my head I didn't really think it was going to happen. But then right around here, it's from like the right. 50 meters to go, you kind of notice him tying up a bit. Yeah, well, and then, oh, there's the finish, yeah. So a really amazing thing. Um, so I, in my head, coming around like with 150 left, I was thinking in my head, it was like, oh, it's possible. You know, like you, Coach Allen always says, you have to be your own best cheerleader uh, during a race, you know, staying mentally tough. So I was kind of trying to do that and just you know, thinking to myself, it was like, come on, you got it. You can catch him. But in all sincerity, going into the last 100, I didn't actually think I was going to catch him. But I was feeling good, and so I was just trying to close hard. But then with about 50 meters left, uh, I, didn't, I didn't even think I was catching him. But all of a sudden, from the right, you know, a couple thousand fans, and I hear this roar, and I was like, oh, no way. It's like, I've heard that roar before. I know what happens, because I've, <laughs> I've been in that crowd, and I've seen what happens. So then I'm thinking in my head, am I actually catching him? It's like, no way. This is... And so then I just like, I was like, okay, well, you know, let's go. Let's, yeah. let's finish this thing. And then really it just all came down to that. It all happened so fast, that last 10 meters, I could kind of tell he was locking up, but it happened so fast that I couldn't even think about it, or I couldn't even like react. And then it all just kind of came down to the line. And I tried to lean hard and then I crossed the line. And then I think my first thought was, no, I almost had it. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause I, I think I knew right away is that I got really close, but I didn't quite have him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so even you can, uh, I think in one of the videos you can see, obviously uh, Ethan hit the ground, I hit the ground. And you slam your fist in the ground. I, yeah, I, I did. I was like, <laughs> no, I, I was so close. And then and then saw the, the instant replay or whatever, and that's kind of when I knew, you know, you can usually have a pretty good idea if, if you caught someone or not. And I, I knew I was close, but I knew in the so they didn't they didn't show the results usually they show the results up on the screen right after the race they didn't show results up on the screen and from my angle where i was at you know maybe it was the optim maybe it was the the homer in me cheering for my brother but like <laughs> i was like ah i don't know like i couldn't i couldn't tell from like mm-hmm. the instant replay so i had this like whole like long period of time where i was like in suspense like 
did he get him? Did he not? You know, but uh, yeah, man, what a great race. Yeah. So Mo, you know, he went up. That was the he set the state record there. Uh, one fifty one ninety nine eight nine eight by so. four hundredths of a second. I was yeah. gonna say that one fifty two oh two by McCulley, like that's first of all one of the longest you know state meet records. But True. also, yeah. I feel like I kind of want to pay like a tribute to that guy, Brian McCulley, because yeah, yeah as we watch the slow mo here, because I feel like that's a name. Like that's why we started the podcast, right? Is right. Like, you hear these stories. These guys are just legends. They their times have been on the boards forever. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's definitely fun to see like I, the next generation come and, and shatter yeah. those. So I, I looked him up. I had heard the name before <clears throat> up from being at the state meet and stuff like that. And, like, the Forum or the Herald or something had done an article about him when Brandon Barnes, uh, who's from Bismarck High, was, like, close to breaking his record. Barnes, I think, has the bowl, bowl record. record. Um, and so... Uh, but he, I think he, 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 think he, he might lived, have the overall record too, and it's like fifty-one-seven. Yeah, yeah, or something. Barnes was in, insane, but Macaulay lived in Grand Forks for a while when the article was was written. Um, is he still living in Grand Forks? No. It, it, throwing co- it, co- Coach Dayfo. Throwing it over it, to it, Coach Dayfo. Yeah, Cedric Run owner is going to join us on the couch you, and give us you remember us two cents. I, I do Brian McCulley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to run against him, kind of. <clears throat> right. Like, for 200 meters. And then he'd be gone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was a, yeah, I was a freshman when he was a senior. That was 97, flood year. And, uh, yeah, I, I remember being in a race at Fargo South, like, after a wait, disappeared from Grand Forks, however long. Didn't even know what track was happening still. Yeah. Staying with my aunt in Moorhead, and I was out rollerblading and went by, no, it wasn't south, it was at Concordia, uh, like, cruising along, and, oh, there's a track, there's a track meet going on, I roll over, there's Coach Allen, like, a few of the guys from the team, <laughs> so I go scooting back to my aunt's place, I don't know why I had my running stuff there, got my stuff, rollerbladed back, jumped in the 800, that was my warm-up, <laughs> and hadn't done any training for, I don't know how many weeks, and like dropped at 800 PR. But I remember coming through like 200 meters, looking over, and I was like, "I'm running next to Brian McCulley." Yeah. <laughs> Not for long, but yeah. yeah, it was. He was he was a dude of among dudes at that time, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And they had they had some 400 guys too. I mean, you look at their four by four teams. They had they were. They, yeah, it was. As a young young track athlete, like in awe of the Fargo South program, their middle right. distance guys, and, and he was like at the pinnacle of that, obviously. Yeah, so, yeah, no, good, yeah, good times, a generation ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What a guy. What a guy. Yeah. Guest appearance. Didn't yeah. that? Did you have that on your podcast bingo card? Guest appearance from yeah. Dick Defoe. Yeah, I was hoping it would happen at some yeah. point, and I think that was about the perfect way. That was so. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, okay. First of all. You know, not quite what you want. We just finished talking about you. You kind of slammed your fist in the ground there, and um, just short. But what is it like knowing that you're going to be teammates with Ethan next year? Uh, relief. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, it, it's it feels good because I I have nothing against Ethan, um, and I guess I haven't ha- had a, a whole lot of conversations with him. I think out of the Williston boys, I probably talked to him the least or just have talked, had conversations with him at least. But it, I'm so unbelievably excited for next year. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw in the mile, uh, five out of the, the top eight uh, placers, all NDSU commits. So it's, I'm really excited just to have um, people who are dedicated to the sport and great athletes and great competitors that will be able to, to push me and then we'll uh, hopefully be able to experience a success and and probably failure too together and mm-hmm. you know there's nobody else I'd rather do it with than mm-hmm. uh, my North Dakota brothers yeah <laughs> so yeah. do you have a maybe it's too early to ask obviously just coming off a you know a state meet you want to kind of relish the success that you had in high school you have you have goals for college yet yeah well I think just for freshman year I'm keeping it simple and I want to stay healthy, you know, stay, stay injury free. Yep. I know there's definitely a big, uh, there's a big jump in intensity and volume as far as training goes. 
So I, I th my first goal is just to listen to my body and stay healthy and try and be, you know, get through one full year of track and cross country injury free. Um, and then as far as like times go, I, I don't really have, I, I mean, I'll probably set goals later, but I haven't really thought about that. But I guess just the first year I, I want to enjoy it. And I, I know I will because everyone on the team is already, I've already made friends with yeah. so yep. many of them. So I guess just stay healthy, uh, stay on top of my schoolwork. Look at Very this, important. Look at this guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when we turn off the microphone, we'll get the real answers. <laughs> so I got a text from John Curley the other oh, day. Yeah. And he, he says, does Quinn really run? Did he really run 152 low? And I was like, yeah, he did. Like, the, you know, the stat sheet didn't lie. Yeah. Uh, but then we were texting about you a little bit more. And I'm just really intrigued. Like, you have just the most incredible range, right? You, you know, run 152 low in the eight but you've also taken third at, you know, cross country this fall, like, and you're the two mile champion. Are you an 815 guy? Are you a 15, like 3K steeple guy? Are you 5K, 10K? Like, yeah, who, I, where are you? And like, have you had conversations with Coach Newell like about this at all? Well, I did, um, I think after junior year, I thought I was pretty confident that I would be a mile eight guy. Um, and so then I talked a little bit to Coach Newell. I was like, okay, what would, what would that look like, you know, going from cross country and then switching, like, training-wise? And, uh, he, I mean, he basically just told me, you know, we'll, we'll tackle that when we get there. Um, just not to, to worry about it too much. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And, and I, I trust him. He's obviously a great coach and, and uh, knows what he's doing. So uh, just kind of trust the process, and we'll kind of cross that bridge when we get there. But then going into this year, I don't know, I, I thought <clears> – <throat> I think I thought I would be a little bit ahead on, on the 800, um, you know, with, with how things went last year. Um, but then uh, my times weren't quite where I thought they would be at the, at the beginning of the season. Mm -hmm. And so then I'm, I'm starting to think, you know, oh, maybe I am, maybe I will be a mile two guy. Um, or, well, I guess they don't have those in, in college, the 5K. Yeah. Mile 5K. Mile 5K. Yeah, 3K yeah. indoors, yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, and then – and then the state meet comes, and I, I drop a 2.6 second PR, and that was I think that was the fastest time I had run uh, this season by like three seconds, over three seconds. And then it's like, oh, you know, maybe I maybe I do have the 800 wheels. What, what do you want to be? I don't know. This anymore. is this is right now. This is your pitch to Coach Newell. What do you want to be when you step foot on campus in August? Well, I think I think no matter what, I think the mile is in the sweet spot. I think I, I think I had a lot of success in the mile this year, and I I just love that race. It's yeah yeah. It's just all around. It, I just think it really works well with my legs mm -hmm. because you still get some of that that speed and that turnover. Um, but it's also like long enough where you can have a bit of strategy, you know. But I, 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 the, I don't yeah. know what I want anymore. <laughs> I think the mile is where you start, and then you figure it out from there. Uh, somebody I had heard or read or something that somebody was saying that like four, like four and eight times or speed, speed in the open four hundred in the eight hundred, especially when you're young in high school like are the best indicator of like ceiling of like potential in even like up to the 10k or like the marathon mm -hmm. so i mean i think i i don't know what running 152 says about your potential in the AM, but when i look at that that to me says well <clears throat> if you get strong like you know the speed that he has uh, you can't really fake speed you can't if only. Yeah, yeah, right, right, I wish. But, I don't know, speed is just not, it's like, it's different to develop speed versus, like, strength, you know? So, yeah. For sure. You know, you can always, maybe this is just, like, the easy way out, but you can always, like, get stronger and still use that speed in the 5K. Maybe you're a 10K yeah. guy, you know, mm -hmm. who just happened to run 152 in high school, you know? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Yeah. figure it out. Yeah. I think no matter what, I, I trust Coach Newell in whatever he has planned, I think, uh, 
I think that's how we'll attack things. But I, th I think probably the key would be just like coming up with a game plan and then probably sticking to it. You know, yeah. I don't. Know, I think because because you're right. Well, I just did a, a tempo workout the other day, uh, just yesterday, and I, I noticed. I, w I was going to try and do uh, kind of like the same tempo workout that I did uh, kind of towards the end of the season at cross. And I noticed that uh, I, I couldn't really do it. I wasn't quite there, yeah. right? But I'm obviously, like, I know I'm like the most fit that I've ever been in my right. life right now. But it's also, it's just, it's just different. It's a different that, that like cross country right. strength versus that track speed. Right. So, um, yeah, I'll just trust what, what coach uh, puts me in, but then... Uh, just from there on out, I think it, you just got to be devoted to to that one mindset, right? You can't be switching back and forth because right, I think then right. that um, that will be counterproductive. Yeah, so. it's totally totally about like consistency so. for sure. So going to the heartwarming yeah. part of the interview yeah. now. So. Yeah, I'm sitting next to two bald-headed guys. You're starting to get a little peach fuzz. Your hair's back growing back pretty quick. It's coming back fast. Yeah, yeah. you're gonna be like Fabio here in the next couple <laughs> yeah. weeks. But uh, yeah, that was like Cam was saying. Definitely the most liked post we've ever had in the history of the podcast, yeah. and uh, a lot of shares, a lot of traction with that. And um, all we posted was kind of a screenshot of the Herald website, and just said, I don't remember the exact title, but. You know, you shaved your head because in solidarity with Cam and to show him your support. And it said that you've been like scheming this for a long time. Like you knew this was something you were going to do almost like right when you figured out that Cam had cancer. Yeah. So um, I think we found out in February, or you might have told us, or early March. It was it was towards the beginning of the season because I remember uh, the my first practice after I had found out was at the HPC or the F pack, whatever you call it, the UND facility, yeah. right? Some variation of letters. Some yeah. yeah. And uh, I guess it's kind of been an unspoken tradition of mine just to always cut my hair before state, you know, uh, like before uh, state uh, cross country, I'll, I'll get a fresh cut or um, before state track and stuff like that. And well, even, I, I probably got this idea um, from when you were in high school. Yeah, so I remember you and uh, your state team uh, came over to our house, and then my mom and one of the other moms gave everybody haircuts. Yep, yep. So, it's the legend of mullet, man. Yeah. yeah. Quick, yeah. As, quick aside, we've told this story on the podcast before, but Cam had this really long hair, and then right before state, had it cut into a mullet, and for like a week, rocked the mullet. And you got like cat calls from like soccer yeah, fans the, like coming into Cushman Field like for the, the game that evening. It was like the varsity, West Fargo varsity girls soccer team or something. I was just trying to do some strides. I just wanted to buy my own business, get out of there. And you're just, you're just get getting cat called. said, hey, mullet man, can I have your number? So, so, so we, uh, we know the it's tradition. It's terrible. We know the tradition. Yeah, so anyways, I, I usually grow my hair out at least a little bit and then cut it before state and so then I don't know, just thinking through what what would happen and just kind of processing it all. And I was like, oh, well, you know, if he has to go through chemo, that probably, he's probably going to lose his hair. And uh, all I knew is that uh, I love him a lot and he means a lot to me. And so I, I just kind of made up my mind right then and there that I wanted to uh, show my support for him and that, you know, he wasn't, wasn't alone. And so then I just kind of made a, a mental note that, you know, at state I was going to shave my head. So mm -hmm. Now, did you do it in Bismarck? Or did you do it before you left Grand Forks? Or, like, what was the timeline on it? I did it uh, Wednesday night. Okay, so uh, you, were, you were still in town. Yeah, yeah, and my mom just took the buzzer to it. And it was kind of funny, too, though. You know, she, like, asked me, like, three or four times if she was like, you sure you want to do this? You know, being the my, nice, uh, you know, caring mom that she is uh -huh. and and i got a little frustrated i was like mom just just do it before yeah. i change my mind like yeah. <laughs> like because I, I mean i like my hair I, I play with it a lot that's kind of a bad habit of mine so it's like let's just get it over before i get too sentimental but yeah um yeah and uh kind of a fun tidbit too uh leading up to edc uh i i did a little poll on instagram asking people the people asking the people should i get a yeah, mullet right because I, I thought 
I was like, oh, this will be great. You know, I've always wanted just to just to try it, see see what it would look like. But then I was like, oh, it's really symbolic though, because like Cameron had a mullet, and then all have a mullet, and then and then Cameron went bald, and then all go bald. It'll be this really like beautiful, you know. That's actually what, that's like what I pitched to my mom. Yeah. You know, she wasn't really on board with it, but uh, but the, I gave the people what they wanted. You know, it, it was like a 60-40 split, uh-huh. yes, no. Uh, and so going into EDC, I had a mullet, and I was like, I, I think I might have to bring it back because I, I really liked it. <laughs> but, yeah, and then and then so I had that for about a week, and then on Wednesday, told my mom to, to chop it off. So I actually, mm-hmm. uh, I had, uh, at, towards the end of the year, I had three uh, concerts for uh, band, choir, orchestra. Mm-hmm. Uh, so for my last orchestra concert... I had a mullet nice. uh, for that last week and then chopped it Wednesday and went state. So. Yeah. yeah, and then you just like kept it under wraps. You just wore a hat the whole day. Like, did you see Cameron at all I, Thursday? So I, I kind of noticed, I kind of noticed that like something, like I noticed your hat and I had asked mom, like, I was like, because I knew that you were thinking about like getting rid of the mullet before, just like, mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what, what the plan was, you know, uh, but no, I didn't. I didn't really notice until. And I was you taking the hat off, and I was actually I was looking somewhere else, doing something else. And then mom got my attention and showed me. And yeah, it, it was like really cool. To, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of funny. Like the first, like the the first thought that I had was like, oh, I hope that wasn't. That's not too distracting for Quinn. I hope like him shaving his head and like like I hope I wasn't like the source of like distraction for you or, or something like that and obviously like it, it ended up working out yeah. but but then obviously like my next thought is like oh man that that's really special that's really cool that he would do something like that and that you know I don't know it was, it was just like it was really cool it was really moving and um yeah so yeah I don't know it's hard to it's hard to like put it into words what what it uh, you know, it's just it's like just a haircut, kind of, but it, it's like more than that. You know mm-hmm. what it just like <clears throat> symbolizes, or you know, you know, it means it's an action out of like love, and it means a lot. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. like a little update, you just had your last chemo yeah, session yeah. two days ago. Just finished finished chemo, so nine weeks of that done and dusted, and feeling pretty good. Feeling still like pretty pretty tired if I like stay up too late I gotta take like a two hour nap in the middle of the day so still pretty tired but yeah yep happy to be done through that and then we'll have some final like scans and some blood work tests to make sure that everything's good to go and I'm cancer free and yeah we'll just it'll, it'll be something that I'll be they'll check up on I'm sure every you know mm-hmm six months or whatever for the next five years but yeah yeah happy happy to be through it so um i kind of want to finish the, the episode uh so we you know we talked about you cutting your hair for, you know for me and stuff like that but that led into to the two mile kind of the you know spoiler the the race you won you know mm-hmm. you're, you got your state championship uh it was, you know, it was, a, it was a big deal for, like, a lot of reasons for you. It was the first time that, you know, I I saw you with your hair shaved for me. Yep. Uh, you were going for your state championship and uh, the school record, the one final school record that you, that you hadn't gotten yep. yet. So how did you take kind of all those uh, – uh, for me, you know, that would have been that would have been too many emotional things to like handle, you know, into a state meet. How did you take all three of those things and uh, and execute the race that, that you did? Just kind of walk us through that and the race a little bit. Yeah, well, um, as as far as emotions go, it is definitely um, an emotion-filled weekend. Even even just before, you know, it. It's a weird sensation not having hair. You can feel the wind, <laughs> like, on your scalp. Yeah. And so, um, you know, just, just being at the state meet and sometimes, like, feeling that wind through my hair, you know, just reminded me of, like, uh, what, I, what I had done and, and who I was doing it for. And so that was definitely, like, in my mind. And, and um, I also, I made a promise to coach at the end of cross-country season. We did the, the Hoka two-mile 
yeah. uh, this kind of a, a race speed workout that we do in preparation for uh, NXR. Mm-hmm. Um, and I there I ran 9:22, which was our school record, but you know it doesn't count because it's not in season. Yeah. So then coach comes over to me and he's like, "You better get that record this season." And I was like, "Yeah, don't worry, coach. Like, I'll get it for you." Because uh, you know if if you didn't know, Cameron came awfully close to it. It was like a, I was like a second, right? I was a tenth. I think I was a tenth or two tenths off yeah. of breaking it. Yeah. So so I just knew. You know, and I had I had kind of already felt the the pressure of trying to break that. I had I had attempted it at a at a meet so like uh, a week or two before EDC, and that just went it went poorly. You know, that was like my worst two mile race of of the of the year. But I don't know. Just going into this one, I knew that this race would would mean a lot, and uh, for some people that might add more more pressure and more stress. But I just knew that no matter what uh i just had to go out there and race coach coach likes to say go out and race and the times will follow yeah so just don't i wasn't looking at the clock i wasn't worrying about that i just first and foremost go out there and race Mm -hmm. and then second of all i knew that no matter what no matter the outcome that i wanted to give it everything i had Mm -hmm. and that i i didn't want to go out without a fight yeah and so you know those were just kind of the the thoughts in my head and then you know you get on the line and i'm thinking you know let's just let's get after it uh gun goes off um owen leads through five laps i think yeah and i just tried my best just to stick on his back it was a little bit of a windy day so kind of just stick on uh, stick behind him and let him do the work take the wind and stuff like that and then laps like four and five I could tell he was kind of like slowing down, maybe getting tight, a little bit tired, because uh, you know around the corners I, I found myself having to like let up, and I, I actually like clipped his his feet a couple times, um, and then I think the plan was originally just if we can turn it into a two lap race, then we like my chances with that, because generally speaking, I coach coach was confident in in my ability to finish yeah and to to close hard so but then coming into the the fifth lap you know i could tell he was kind of slowing down and getting tired and my legs were feeling good and so i wasn't planning on going then but it just kind of happened i just kind of you know rolled into it and then just kind of came up beside him uh going into the curve and then then i was like all right let's let's just go and so then i just kind of overtook him and then about uh, 150 meters after that, I was like, "Oh no, I think I went too soon." <laughs> but you know, at that point, you can't you can't change anything. And it's like, well, you, were you were you aware of like the splits too at that point? Or no, I was. You not. Were, you were just focused on the main the main thing was racing and winning, just like Coach yep. said. Yeah. Yeah. So I I didn't even know where I was like pace wise, or like I I saw obviously you see the split for your first lap, mm-hmm. but I didn't know what our my splits were, and nobody was shouting them. Yeah. And that's actually it was probably better that way right and so then i just overtook him and then going with like three laps to go and then i was like okay well let's let's pick it up let's get after it and then um you're not supposed to peek over your shoulder but you know after about after about a lap i i I may have just kind of snuck a look back i was fully expecting owen to be you know right behind me too but then i kind of noticed that you know they're there was a gap now mm-hmm. so i was like you know this is possible you know let's let's keep it up and then going into the last lap you really at least for me sometimes you get in your head and it's like oh my goodness like i'm, I'm still at first and there's one lap let's let's finish this thing mm-hmm. and then going into the last hundred just trying to close strong you cross the line and then it was just uh, there's a couple really cool pictures that um that my teammate took where it's just you can just kind of see relief yeah on my face it's like mm-hmm. yes like we did it and and i i knew that 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 would mean a lot and then after that you know there was a an interviewer who um you know asked me a couple of questions and then um the uh the guy from the herald he mm-hmm. called me later that night and i i think i told him i was like he's like oh how's it feel and i was like honestly like i know i should be really happy right now 
but I'm just tired. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I just want yeah. some water. Yeah. And so, and then also you want to be, you want to be happy and celebrate, but then you also got to balance. Well, I still got two more days of racing. Right. Yeah. You know, so I can't get complacent. I can't get For you sure. know, satisfied. Yeah. Um, and so definitely the emotions have kind of trickled in over the last couple of days. And then, you know, uh, hundreds and hundreds of people posting it. Uh, and then there was that, and then coming back home uh, and going to school, and I th- and even at my church. And I think the amazing thing was, so many people came up to me and told me how proud they were of me, and I was really touched by by all that, and uh, by all the people that were supporting me and that were were proud of me, uh-huh. and not not even necessarily because I won. Right. Like our um, yeah. uh, kind of funny, the the pastor's wife at our church. She comes up to me and, and gives me a hug and says, tells me how, how proud she is of me. And then she's like, and congrats that you won. Yeah. So, yeah. Right, right. And I don't know, that was, that was just really touching. And uh, I, not a disappointing performance at all, like throughout the whole week. Obviously, you know, it hurts a little bit when you get so close in the 800 to, right. to, to winning or getting to that uh, state record. And you come up a little bit short. Mm-hmm. But then over the next couple of days, it was really just... A lot of uh, emotions of you know, I was like, well, I I did good. I, I made people proud, and and that really means a lot. And all the support that that I've gotten. So I'm. It's I, I wouldn't have wanted to end my senior season any other way. It was really amazing. Yeah, and I think that's so true because I mean, like, how many times, how many medals do you have, Cam, and like trophies and plaques that you've gained over the years, and like. I'm sure one, you probably can't tell me where a lot of them are. Two, they're probably collecting dust. But like, yep. the, it's the yeah. memories, and like you said, you know, the the story of like how you shaved your head, like that's what you're gonna remember. That's what you guys are gonna talk about for a long, long time. Uh-huh. Um, it's not gonna be about your your first place state title. Like that's cool, but like, and I'm sure every morning right now you wake up and you're like, I did that. Like it's still setting in a little yeah. bit. Uh-huh. I promise you, it's not gonna be that long until you're like you don't even remember like that you were a state champion. And not that it's a bad thing, but it's just yeah. uh, that's cool that like you're gonna have that memory to hold on to, and that'll be like so important to your family. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Even uh, I, I tried to capture that in like my my state meet like post or whatever, and mm-hmm. and I kind of said like, you know, I finally got one state title and I've got four school records, but by far the best and the most rewarding thing was getting to meet all you people and mm-hmm. and just the friends and and the relationships that you've the bonds that you formed it it's yeah. it's really been amazing and even it, it across generations uh i when i was a sophomore i remember watching the two mile race with uh sean corsmo jacob canoodle uh and um brady uh, J- uh, brady yoder and uh, ben and, yes and ben yeah. and i remember watching that and just thinking wow like that that is probably the the best two mile race i've ever witnessed in my life and then uh, that state weekend, Sean Corsmo, he messages me and tells me, you know, like, great job. And I was just, I was kind of uh, fangirling a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah. my goodness, like, Sean Corsmo? And I, I just, you know, I wanted to return some, um, tell him how grateful I am for him inspiring me, you know, in, in my running career. Right. And then he just, uh, he's a really amazing guy, and he tells me back, he's like, well, it, there's a lot of people that look up to you now too, so it's yeah. just mm-hmm. kind of neat. And I, I sure hope that I made a positive impact on um, on people of the North Dakota running community, and hopefully I can be that inspiration for someone else. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're super proud of you, Quinn, uh, for everything you've done on and off the track, and uh, glad that we could finally get you on the podcast. And I'm sure we'll hear plenty more of your you know success as you go to ndsu and uh yeah love you love you lots and uh yeah really proud of you so thanks, thanks for coming on yeah, thanks for having me of course and uh this will hopefully be the first of many state champion interviews that we have in the next couple weeks uh there's a lot of really good ones we want to uh sit down and talk to so uh be on the lookout for those also another big thank you to cedic run for letting us record uh just like 
we literally did not tell Richard that we were coming here. We just, we just showed up. <laughs> so what are you doing? So uh, big shout out to Richard. We got to get him on the pod too. But it was nice that he made his little debut. And, and seriously, you guys, you got to come check this place out. Like as we were recording this, uh, I don't know if you guys saw All American. Elisa yeah, also just see. walked in the door. Uh, so you know she's here. Uh, there's a lot of other great runners and uh, athletes around the area that get their things here, but. It's just like, it's the place to be. Like you can, we're literally sitting on the most comfy couch in Grand Forks, uh, just taking it all in. So if there's something that you need here from the store, check it out. But even if you're just down here in downtown Grand Forks for whatever reason, like stop in, say hi, um, and kind of build that relationship because they'll be able to help you out in the future. So with that being said, we're gonna hit that button. Gwen, thanks again, and we'll see you guys next time.